Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome. Hi, everyone. I'm Asabi. And I'm Ness. And together we are Wine, Wine and, and Sympathy. Sympathy. Oh, that's coming together so nicely. I know. <laughs> by, by episode 11, we got this. We baby. got we this. We got this. This is actually episode 12. Oh, love. whoops. Okay, where have I been? <laughs> Holy moly. Okay, if, I think I should have another drink. I think by you the should. way, thanks mm. to Naked Wines, our fabulous sponsor, we are partaking in a very gorgeous red this evening, are we yes. not? Thank you, a naked. <laughs> Thank you, naked. We are not naked, but we are drinking naked. Well, don't give away all of our secrets. Oh, it's very <laughs> cold here in Queensland, peeps. Mm. Oh. It's not a good time for nakedness. No. But it is a great time for naked wine. So if you like wine, like we do, mm. jump onto our website and click on the Naked Wine Sponsor where you can get a $100 voucher to use on their site. Which is so incredibly awesome. There's lots and lots of things about Naked Wines. But you know what? We're not going to bore you right now. All you need to do is go back two episodes. Is it two or three episodes? And you Maybe can two. two or th- <laughs> Look, I, I don't know I where don't know. I am. <laughs> Just go back a bit and you can actually listen to Asabi and I taste a variety of wines. Oh, that's a bonus episode 6.5, I think Big. we called it. Thank you. So, yes, it would have come out the same time as our episode with Licia Louise. Oh, Love see, her. I feel like we talk about her all the time. Because she is our song. Yes, she is our song. She is our song. So if you've been listening to the last few episodes, you would have heard that we have new theme music. Yay. I know. It's so great. And so that theme music is Ready to Go by Licia Louise. Oh, please go onto the YouTube and check it out. That's right. Find her website as well, licialouise.com. Check it out. How are you, darling? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Are you? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. We are in our a little bit post mid COVID. I hope I can't really say that because I don't know when exactly it's going to end. Who does? And no one does. But I think I think I'm good because um, we're having a really good time with this lovely podcast. Yes. And you know, as you know, I'm 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 happy. And my job, which I have outside of this, even though it's a job, it's also actually a really cool job and I work with a bunch of really cool people that's fantastic I'm glad yeah that's so really I feel good. I feel good I mean I personally would love to have the body of um gosh uh Kate yeah. Hudson okay um, and she's had two babies yeah. I haven't had any but I mean other than that I'm okay <laughs> well that's amazing well I've had a couple of gigs since um I guess our last podcast or a couple of episodes ago and oh my god the gig yeah yeah so i did a pink floyd tribute at the triffid a few weeks ago and i've got one coming up next week in west end i think it's next week this yes week. it'll it'll be next week oh next week. it'll Sorry. be next week on the 13th of september which is a sunday yep yep don't <laughs> look at me for dates or where we're up to or what episode because i have no idea it's okay. It's hard to remember. Anyway, 
enough about us. Yes. We've got an amazing guest that we are super excited to talk to. And I think you guys are going to really love hearing from this beautiful young woman. So we're going to take a short break and then we'll be we'll back be with back. our guest. <gasps> hey, Vanessa, guess what? What? Well, I heard from a little birdie that we are being sponsored by Naked Wines Australia. Okay, I've got two things to say about that. First of all, yay, I love wine. Second of <laughs> all, you talk to birds? I do talk to birds. It's weird. I'm like Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> Naked Wines gives you direct access to over 55 of Australia and New Zealand's best winemakers. They believe in connecting wine drinkers directly to these award-winning winemakers because it's better for everyone. Talented, independent winemakers get the support and funding they need to make the best wine they've ever made. The wine drinkers who support them get exclusive access to those wines at discounted prices. Their mission is to change the way the whole wine industry works for the benefit of both wine drinkers and winemakers. Anyone can order from Naked's almost all-Australian online range, but the best value kicks in when you sign up to be an angel. Members who top up their account with $40 a month to create a stash to spend on wine when they feel like it. The top-up helps fund the winemakers who work with Naked, and in return, angels get to buy as much at lower prices. Do you want to check them out? Use the code SYMPATHY and the password PODCAST or go to nakedwines.com.au slash sympathy for a $100 voucher to use anywhere on their site. You're welcome. And we're back. Welcome. Yes. So, awesome guest. If you're just tuning in, this is Wine and Sympathy, although that's only something you'd say on radio if you're just (laughs) tuning in. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) we'll just go. So, Asabi. Tell me, who was our guest? <laughs> so our guest today is a Liberian-born Australian model, reality TV star, social influencer, actor, writer. She has a degree in journalism, public relations. She is stunningly gorgeous. She goes by the name of Cynthia Taylu. Welcome, Cynthia. Hi, Cynthia. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> How what are you going? Entrance. Thank you. <laughs> We didn't mean to shock you there. <laughs> How are you going today, Cynthia? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Good, oh, we're thank wonderful. You, we're wonderful. So, uh, can I just say, I love Lorna Jane. I know that you've modeled, modeled for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did recently. That was, um, yeah, that was really fun. <laughs> oh, they have the best actor wherever. And I know that you've been in a couple of music videos. Now, the first artist was um, SS Sebastian, and then you were uh, yeah. on another one with Clover. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny thinking back to kind of all the different things I've done because that was like ages ago. I think I did that when I was like, I don't know, like 19 or 20, but but yeah, that was that was really fun. Yeah, you're still very young. <laughs> but the thing that we would know you the most for. Oh, yes. Can I, I I'm so excited about this. So, you were on Love Island Australia season 2. Season 2. Yes. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was on Love Island. <laughs> what a crazy experience that must have been. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, I think that, I think at the end of it, though, I'm like really happy that I did it. I feel like I just learned about myself. No, that's very good. That's very good. I totally get that. What we'll do is I might put a pin in that and come back to that because I have a few questions to ask you. Uh, but Asabi. Yes. So uh, 
we know that you like us. So Vanessa and I are both immigrants to Australia and you're an immigrant to Australia as well. But unlike Vanessa and myself, you came at a very young age. Do you remember your life, much of your life before coming to Australia? And then of course, because you have, a, unlike me anyway, you have a very Australian accent, meaning that you came quite young, you were able to pick up the accent and the culture. Um, do you remember much about your life before coming to Australia? Um, it's so funny you ask that because I was thinking about it recently. I think I was like, I don't know, chatting to my aunt or so, but I remember like snippets, like kind of events and whatnot or exact sort of moments or the vibe when I was, you know, much younger, but like not really. And um, ever since I think we moved to Australia back in like end of 2004 I think it was and then I started schooling properly in 2005 which is such a long time ago yeah. now when I think about <laughs> it um but yeah like just snippets of it but I I really want to go back I haven't been back since we um since I've you know moved to Australia which sure. is crazy sure and did you come with your whole family as well yeah, I came with, like, not my whole family because a lot of my family still lives in Liberia and um, as probably, I feel so, people probably know how hard, like, it's pretty hard to get, like, visas and whatnot. So I came with, um, like, my uncle and, like, some of my family, but then later on ended up living with my um, aunt who raised me from, like, when I was, like, I think I was seven when I moved here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And where, so did you come straight to Brisbane when you moved here? Um, initially, I was in Melbourne just with some family for a bit. And then um, when I was, I don't know, I think like probably was there for maybe three months whilst my aunt kind of like, you know, figured things out on her end. And then um, my cousin and I moved in with my aunt. And we moved to Brisbane. Oh, that's interesting. Now, where did you go to school in Brisbane? So I went to um, this school called Sherwood State School. Sherwood is such an adorable suburb. Like, even to this day, I'm like, oh, could I see myself living there? I don't know, because I do want to live overseas. But still, anyways, Sherwood is really <laughs> cute. Um, but yeah, I went to Sh I don't know why I said that so long. I went to Sherwood Primary School. <laughs> I learned how to drive around the whole Sherwood area. I went to Kenmore High. So I, I know what you mean. Sherwood is beautiful. The big trees that sort of cave over the streets. It's such a lovely suburb. Mm. It would have been a really, really different place for you to see. But also it's it's a nice suburb. Yeah, yeah. And obviously did you, because you're still here in Brisbane. So did you enjoy growing up in Brisbane? Like was it, was it a happy, fun childhood? Yeah, I would definitely say like thinking back when I was, like, younger, I would say probably grade, uh, like, four to six was very much so, like, transitional period for me. Mm. And when I initially moved here, I could, like, I could speak English, but not really because, um, at like, back in Liberia, we speak pidgin. Yes. And so it was more so I think I was speaking broken English and a lot of people at school didn't really understand me and it was and then I had to you know really focus on on improving my English and whatnot so that was I definitely struggled like between those like grade uh, four to six and just 
and just back then, you know, obviously now, like my little brother, when I go to pick him up from school, like I see how multicultural it is. But sure. back then it was probably like two or like three kids of color in my school. So mm. like the kids that were kind of like, who is this person? And they didn't know what to do with me because I looked so different. But but yeah. That's so amazing because so you said you came here in 2004. Now, I came to Australia in 2008, which is only just four years after you, given you were still a small child, but I came as a very old adult. No, you weren't <laughs> old. You were experienced. <laughs> a very experienced. Okay, I was a very experienced child. Um, <laughs> and I, I, one of the first things that I noticed was that Brisbane is – back then was still is very quite multicultural so that's amazing that even because Sherwood's not that far I used to live out in Oxley um back just four years prior to that that the it it wasn't as multicultural as it is now oh yeah definitely I I don't know what it was but like yeah like when I was in primary school there really was no one. There was like one other girl who was from Nigeria. And then I think later on this other guy came. I can't remember now where he was from. Mm. Um, but then because, um, you know, being Liberian, my aunt knew a lot of Liberian people. And so I like after school that I would kind of like, you know, play with people who, you know, were from Liberia and whatnot. But it took me a really long time to actually make like secure sort of friendships, I would say. You know what? Asabi and I completely understand that. Mm. We went through the same thing. We've talked about it before, but it it is such – it's such a – a growth and learning experience and it makes you stronger and better at being a friend later on in life. I can guarantee you that because you've been through the tough trials – and now, and when you make friendships a little bit later, it's because you really are actually interested in those friendships. Mm. And I think you you understand what it feels like to be an outsider as well. So mm-hmm. I feel that it makes you more welcoming to people that are perceived to be outsiders. Because I, I know growing up, I grew up in Oklahoma in a very non-POC <laughs> neighborhood and elementary school. And I was always the lone person out, you know, in my elementary school of 700 kids there were only seven well not even seven black kids there were seven children of color so we were like a mix of asian black native american but there were only seven of us out of 700 students you know so we were always the odd ones out if you will so i i know what it feels like to grow up in that environment of being either the first or the only if you will Mm. All right, so we talked about the English and your language. Now, your English and your voice, your voice is gorgeous, but your English is 100% like brilliant because you have a journalism and public public relations degree. Yes, I do have a journalism and public relations degree. Um, even though at the moment I'm not working within that field, but I would say that I'm still so happy that I went to uni because – it opened up so many doors like I was able to go on student exchange and also realize that I do have a love for writing but it's more now figuring out um what I want to do with that I guess sure so you say you went on student exchange where did you go I went to Milan 
Oh, is that of where course you got you the did. modeling thing, right? <laughs> Were you walking down <laughs> along the street and someone's like, oh, there you, there you are. You're a model. I've seen your walk too. It is epic. <laughs> <laughs> so gorgeous. So gorgeous. Oh, that's amazing. And so yeah. how long how long was your student exchange? Um, I was there for six months, but honestly, I wish I'd gone for a year. I feel as though um, like the first two years of uni that I was very much so still a little bit shy and, and a bit hesitant to just go for things, you know, just like, like I feel as though I've always been quite determined, even in high school, that I was very much so that person who was like doing drama and being like school captain and just like getting involved but I think before I went on exchange that I was a bit reserved and also I'd never completely just lived out of home and being like by myself but being on exchange literally just yeah it changed me and it you know reaffirmed that I did want to do modeling because when I went there I was able to meet so many different creatives and just put myself out there. And like, I was literally that person who would just write into a Facebook group and be like, hi, my name is Cynthia. I've got a blog called Taylor. If any photographers want to collaborate, let me know. And, you know, and people would just like hit you up. And yeah, so that was, a, I think, 2016, which was when I was on exchange, was a really important year of my life. I, <laughs> I absolutely love that about you. I think that's amazing that you can self-promote. We're all about that. And we talk to our Definitely. guests about that all the time just to put yourself out there and to be unashamed to to push yourself forward. So um, quick question. What would be your favorite, favorite wine? I would say rosé. <laughs> I love rosé. Yeah. It's very good. Now on yeah. that note – and Italy, which I want to talk a little bit more about. We're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back. Why didn't Harry just shoot Voldemort with a gun? Do all wizards turn into ghosts? How do the owls know where to deliver letters? What actually is magic? And why are all the bad guys in Slytherin? We've checked the books and the answers aren't there. So if we want to figure it out, we're going to have to do a podcast about it. Podcast Nine and Three Quarters, a show where two sisters, us, delve way too deep into the lore of the Harry Potter series to try and answer all of these unanswered questions. It's a debate series. Half of the time we do real research and half of the time we make dumb jokes and argue about how we think the story should have gone. Like how Harry definitely should have ended up with Hermione. Or have you considered Ron? Oh, Ron and Harry? Okay, okay, I'm listening. And if you want to listen, you can find our new episodes twice a month on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find great podcasts. And we're back with Cynthia Taylor from Wine and Sympathy. Asabi and I have got some ongoing questions. I feel like we need more time, more time. Exactly. Let's do it. So you were just telling us about your time in Milan as an exchange student. And I and I know that you are a model, a very stunning model. So side note to our listeners, please check out her Instagram account. She is stunning. This time that you spent in Milan, th- is this what got you into modeling? Um, actually, it was, I would say, six months before I went to Milan. So when I was 19, I, um, I was still kind of trying to 
like figure out what I wanted to do. And obviously I was still at uni, but then I knew that I was really into fashion. So then I set up um, an internship with like Harper's Bazaar Australia, even though now, you know, they're closed and like whole of Bauer Media, but that's another story. But anyway, so the summer of like 2015 slash 2016, like Australian summer, Mm. I spent three months in Sydney and I was working in um, the fashion cupboard, which like just meant going out and getting the clothes that they would use in the shoot. And if you were just needed for anything, like just being available. Anyways, I was doing that. And prior to going on that, like um, internship thing, I done a bit of modeling. Like one of my friends, um, at the time was studying styling and she asked me to model. So I had pictures from that and I really enjoyed it. And then another girl asked me to just take like um, portraits of me. And I was kind of like, what, you want me? And I was like, okay, sure. So anyways, I did that, worked at Harper's Bazaar. And whenever the models would come in, I was more interested in like them, even though I didn't, I didn't get to work on any of the photo shoots because I was only there for three months, but I was always so interested in the models and I grew up watching Australia Next Top Model and that summer that very much so when I was younger, not so, not that I'm not like this, but I feel as though when you're younger, you're just like super like fearless and just really like oblivious about Mm. things like, like no isn't really an issue for me back then. But anyways, whilst I was in Sydney, I just decided to go to all these um, uh, all these modeling agencies and I was just like, you know, went in with some of the pictures that I had like gotten over that year and whatnot and just introduced myself um, <laughs> and all of them said no. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> they are idiots. Um, they are. <laughs> yeah, just. The market back then was really different, like yeah. so different. Thinking back to 2016, that that's, it was very much so. And that's not you know, even you that long be... ago. It's only four years ago, if you think about it. 2016. Yeah, mm. yeah, it was super different. Like, I would say, like the year 2015, it was really different. And then I feel as though change really started to happen in 2016. But back then, you like you had to be like I don't know. Six four, six four, five ten to six four to really be yeah in in the industry, and then again someone who is of color, and whenever I would go to agencies, they would straight up just be like, "You have a cool look, but like the black girls don't really get a lot of work. Like we don't really have a lot of work for you, or are able to get a lot of work for you." So then obviously my color came into play. And then also as a person, like I'm not stick thin, like mm-hmm. I'm slender. Yes. But I'm not like, you know, I'm like a six slash eight, you know, yeah. I kind of fluctuate between those two. And yeah, so I guess I didn't really have the body type, but then I honestly just really enjoyed collaborating with people, like meeting new photographers and, and it was just fun for me. So then I started a blog at the time, which was called Taylor. And I would just, um, yeah, collaborate with people, take photos, post it on Instagram. And I and I just kept doing it because I enjoyed it. So I, yeah, I kept doing it. 
Um, so that was kind of how it really started. And I think the more I put myself out there, the more that I just took every opportunity or created my own opportunity, I started to believe in myself more. Um, and I guess, you know, yeah, and then things just happen. Hey, Cynthia, so how tall are you? Me? I am, what am I? I'm like 173 centimetres. So like 5'8". Yeah, that's you're massive. a giant. Just <laughs> yeah, that's massive. That's Compared amazing. to us, we're like we're sitting at about one sixty three, one sixty four. We're like hobbits. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> big feet and all. <laughs> oh I God. I find that so. Uh, okay, <sighs> I have to breathe for a minute because just hearing the fact that they, I mean, they were honest. You know, they straight up said, "Black girls are not going to get work." Is that were they speaking just? domestically because if you look overseas there are tons there's tons of work for models that are people of color um i think they were just more so focusing on australia that okay. the back uh back then slash kind of this now i don't know <laughs> i guess it is better obviously now yeah. but um especially back then it was really hard or mm. or it would even be a case of they would be like oh we already have someone who looks like you and it would be someone who was mixed you know yeah exactly. that we would kind of be put in the same category yeah yep. I, I understand I, I remember being with an agency and I was exactly the same as somebody else in their books and that girl she always got all the work I'm not going to name names Natalie Bassingthwaite but oh. I, ha- I have a little bit of a similar look to her she's also incredibly brilliant but how do you feel like moving into 2020 with the whole Black Lives Matter movement how do you feel this impacts you as an artist, as a model, moving forward? Well, I think what was really interesting um, that time when, even though it is truly still happening, but um, I like I was just so emotional during that period. Like I, I, it was weird because I feel as though people of color have been, you know saying the same message over and over again in terms of um, like inequality when it comes to race and um, injustice, you know, racism and all. And it was kind of, it was just weird that so many people were just like, oh my God, I can't believe this has been happening to you guys. And yeah, that was, that was kind of strange. Um, Mm. But I, I saw a, direct change in terms of my workflow as a model like straight away it was I think for the first time ever people were not for the first time ever but people were truly holding brands accountable and I think what is really important for brands to understand is that they have such a huge impact um, in terms of society and how we view beauty and how we also, um, you know, accept people because at the end of the day, you know, the brands are the ones who truly do make a lot of change. And, and, you know, we look at, say, for example, people like Bella Hadid or Gigi Hadid, it's the brands that have, you know made them into the people that they are mm-hmm. and for us to somewhat you know look up to. so if these brands are supporting 
people of color in creating a space that um, is able to support and promote all kinds of, you know, beauty and looks and whatnot, it is going to become a bit easier for people to not stereotype people of color and but then also in saying that it I do know it is a wider issue in terms of you know brands not that I think this is an excuse but brands go when we choose a girl of color you know the consumers don't buy or even um interact or engage as much with the content online. Mm. So I think as consumers, people also need to check themselves because I think a lot of people hold a lot of like biases that they're unaware of. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, obviously no one is going to be like, I'm racist. You know, no one's going to say that. But then it comes out in other ways. Um, But yeah, I did see like a lot of change in terms of me getting work which is kind of sad because obviously I've always been here like yes hello yep I've mm-hmm. I've always been here but it took you know a worldwide movement to make you more relevant or prevalent yes that's I it's heartbreaking <laughs> I, and and upsetting and you know I I know America has gone through a certain uh, similar change. So when I was a child, you rarely saw black people on television unless they were in specific roles or if it was something, you know, really gritty and harsh. Like we, we had a few sitcoms, but they were few and far between, you know, like we had the Cosby show when I was really young. Um, yeah, I want to talk about the Cosby show. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I can't help it. I grew up with it. It was amazing. Um, I know, I know, but it wasn't until, and I will say maybe 15, 20 years ago or so, when you started to see more people of color in mainstream television. Like American television right now is extremely diverse. It's probably the most diverse I've ever seen it. And it's not just, you know, we tend to play everything as black and white, but it's not just black and white. It's Asian, it's Hispanic, it's black, it's, it's everything. And you have people with different accents, like America is truly showing itself as a, a proper diverse community, which it is. And it always has been, but you're actually starting to see that more in film and television. You're starting to see that on Broadway. Like that, that change is only recent, like within the last 10 years. Where I'd say five years. And the great thing is that Australia is the ones that hold or position those goalposts. Yeah. If they keep moving it or they keep shifting it to depending on racial or color or class or mm. whatever it is. Mm. they're the ones that we look at we buy most of our tv shows from america oh, that's right yeah. i learned from american tv shows so as long as america keeps improving then i think the rest of the world should follow yeah that's true and it, it takes time though you know because even in america you would hear things like when i was growing up people would say things like no one would believe a black man is a doctor and this is in the 80s <laughs> you know and it's like what <laughs> my doctor was Chinese yeah exactly and you know you just it, it they largely catered to the center of the country which was very you know they had very specific views on things and so that's what we tried like that was the majority of the country so that's what they tried to play to all right so we're going to take a short break Cynthia and then we will be right back and we've got some specific questions for Love Island Australia Are you a grown-up who loves Disney? Are you a grown-up who wants all the facts? 
Are you a grown-up who spends copious hours arguing with friends and family about the deep intellectual properties of your favourite Disney movie? Do you want to delve deeper into the realms of Disney with us? I'm Stacey. And I'm Georgina. And And together, together, we're Disney Grown Up. We are the place to get all of the intellectual debate on your favourite Disney movie. Get all of those fun facts. And a whole heap of raw reactions to all of those interesting Disney movie moments. You can find us where any good podcast is found or on our website, thatsnotcanonproductions.com. Join us for Disney Grown Up. You know you want to. That's Not Canon Productions podcast. And we're back and we are chatting with the lovely, beautiful Cynthia Taylor, who just happened to be, most recently, one of the final contestants on the reality TV show Love Island Australia. Oh. Now, this is a a subject (laughs) close to my heart. Yes. Not many people know, but I'm just going to say anyway, because I'm going to toot toot my own horn. Toot toot. Everybody's going to know now. (laughs) Okay. So, I was on the... I think what we classify as the first ever Australian reality TV show. It was terribly done by Channel 7, whom I love. Channel 7 are amazing. Um, It was called uh, Temptation Island. I was one of the temptresses. So basically what they did was they they grabbed four four couples and they separated the boys and they separated the girls and they surrounded the boys with 12 hot girls and then they surrounded the girls with 12 hot boys and then they put them on separate islands in Fiji and – and then just left it up to fate, slash the producer telling you what to do. I was voted off not only once, but twice. She was I am so hot. <laughs> I was voted off twice. I'm the only person to ever be voted off twice in Temptation Island history. Seriously, Google it. It's hilarious. I know what it's like to be on a reality TV show slash dating or love reality TV show. So, Cynthia, tell me, how did you find out about uh love island um so one of my best friends um we growing up we've just always been into reality tv shows like um her and i always used to watch like big brother and then once i was like having a conversation with her and she was like oh uh i think this was back in 20 what was last year 2018 um so this was back in 2018 we were chatting about this and she was like oh there's this new show and Sophie amongst the um, the host and it's kind of like Big Brother but it's for dating and I thought I think at that time Sophie Monk had done The Bachelor or Bachelorette sorry and I thought she was so funny so I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna watch it obviously and then I watched it and loved the show like that was a really good season uh, the first season of Love Island Australia it was and yeah I just got I just got super into it. Um, and yeah, and then I and then I was like, I should sign up to participate. Um, because also another thing that I noticed was I wasn't like anyone of colour. Uh, that cast was like, uh, there was one girl of Asian descent mm-hmm. the first season, or she was like half Asian and then I think her like other person, like other parent is like Caucasian. And then there was another girl who... Um, it's like French and something else, but there, yeah, there wasn't really that much, like, you know, it was all just white Australians. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was like, I put in my email to get a notification <laughs> about when they would be casting next. And it was like a month later, like start of last year, that I got an email that being like, hey, we're casting for 
Love Island season two. And obviously because it was so big the first year that everyone kind of knew about it, like sure. in terms of the show. Mm-hmm. So then I just um, filled this application at like midnight, you know, and was just like, oh, yeah. So um, tell a me. A month later. I, I, I remember the whole process. Did you go to the casting and did you go through the personality testing or was it just a casting in front of people? Um, no, it was just an online application first. So they were just really, I think the online application is just kind of to get a sense of your personality and, you know, your approach to dating. And then once you do that, um, I got a message back from them and then I had to do a whole other form thing. I think it was like a personality thing. I can't quite remember. And then they kind of cut, you know, bring it down and then we um oh yeah and then you do the um in-person auditions yeah and you talk to i think an initial you know producer and then if they like you they'll get you to stay and then you do another one where you're in front of more of a panel sort of thing um kind of there's like one person who's interviewing you and then another person who's kind of just observing the interaction and just seeing how it goes. Gosh. Um, how, and then um, after that, you kind of yeah yeah. How, where what was Sophie Monk like first of all? Because Asabi's she, got a bit of a crush on Sophie Monk. I wouldn't call it a crush. <laughs> <laughs> I just said I find her interesting and I like her voice. <laughs> it's a crush. What is Sophie Monk like? <laughs> she is honestly so awesome. She's like everything I thought. She would be, even though we didn't really get to interact with her too much because it would, it would kind of be like she would just come in and then, you know, be like, what, what would she even say? Like, Islanders to the fire pit. Um, but she was just so lovely, so witty, so funny. Like, all her outfits were stunning. She is stunning. Mm. Um, like, so just down to earth and just, and just sometimes – you know, people probably don't know this, but sometimes it would literally be raining and we would still have to go to that fire pit oh my and, like, do the rose ceremony. And she was just such a trooper and would just was so professional. Oh, but obviously, hot. you know, she probably gets paid a lot to do yeah, that. But still, right. you know. And now, did you guys get paid to be on the show or did they give you a weekly stipend of it's some like sort? Diem. Yeah, yeah. So they give you enough, you know, to cover your rent, I would say, but it's not really like you're paid, paid because it's just covering like, you know. Just your essentials. Your your expenses. Yeah. Yeah, whilst you're on the show. So like going back to what you just said before about um, being a trooper and chugging on through even though it was raining, when we were doing Temptation Island – uh, we all got food poisoning. Now, I'd already been kicked off the island. So me and the other guy who got kicked off, we were on another island on another resort, like having the best time of our lives doing parasailing and stuff. Everybody on the boys' camp, the, the tempters or the temp, or the couple, whatever, the temptresses, they all got food poisoning and they all got shut down. We had two people helicoptered off the island in Fiji and taken to um, Nandi or Nandi to be seen by medical professionals. And then somehow, we don't even know how, but all of a sudden the girls' camp got 
food poisoning. That's disgusting. We had to shut down for two to three days on filming on either side of each camp because it was just intense. I remember I was w- watching some of the, the scenes back at the parties that we had and you could tell that people were sick because they weren't in the scene. They were there yeah. like five minutes ago, but then all of a sudden you can see them there around the corner like vomiting in a bush. Um, what was the experience for you like on the show? Um, the experience was good, but I think that like as a person, when it like my personality, I I need to like connect with people in order to open up and that's both romantic and platonic and I think that like the first um week that I was really just so happy to be there and really like connected with everyone and I think everyone was just really open-minded and just didn't know what to expect but I think as the show progressed and people you know, built stronger friendships or kind of found their coupling. And with me, it wasn't really until towards the end or in the middle part that someone came that, you know, I guess at that time I was interested in. Mm. So I really just, I really struggled. And I think that I wasn't really myself just because I didn't everyone like don't get me wrong everyone was so lovely and you know really cool people I think um yeah like there there's not there's no one there that I'm like I hate that person sure like no but I just didn't really like click with the people and so I yeah so I was just a a bit more reserved than I am like I think that my friends watched it and they were like that's not Cynthia because like this Cynthia that my family and friends know is that I'm very light-hearted and very jokey very laid back but then when I'm not clicking with people I am reserved and also it's just hard when you're there to find love and you're not meeting anyone I think that starts to play on you as well Well, they don't really give you much of a choice. I mean, I, well, that's okay. I watched the first two episodes today, I will say. And I was just kind of shocked at the pressure cooker of a situation that they put you in, you know. So they brought you five women in and then they parade five men and they say, pick one. (laughs) And it's like, well... That's how it works. Yeah, but I mean, that's not reality and in, in true reality. You know what I mean? Like, usually, if you walk out into a pub, there's going to be hundreds of guys. But that's not what it them. is. They are actually put in this pressure cooker yeah. environment to create that. I know, but I think that it's so hard because then not only do you, you have to pick someone, then they expect you to, like, not sleep with as in terms of, like, have sex with, but you have to share a bed with the person the first night and... You know, and if you're not gelling, that's just... To form an intimacy, to form some sort of contact. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is weird. It's weird if you haven't really done it or... It's, it is weird. It's a weird environment. Now, tell me, where was it filmed, Cynthia? Can you tell me? Um, it was in Fiji. Aha, brilliant. And how many weeks <laughs> were you there? Because you made it all the way through to the grand final. Yeah, I was there for seven weeks. So wow. one week I was, um, I think, the first people we were in lockdown and then for the following six weeks we were actually on the show yeah and then after the island did you go back to the hotel before getting on a plane or did you just leave that place and like jump on the first plane and get the hell out of there 
Um, we went back to the hotel. I think they needed to sort out like Yeah, I think it was like three days in the whatnot. hotel. Um, so would you here's a question. Would you do another reality T V show? Um I would only do it if it was like about my life and I could cont- <laughs> like not have an input. You know what I mean? Compared yes. to like being a contestant and trying to like fight for something. Like I grew up watching shows like the hills where it was like lauren conrad and you know and i feel as though even from watching the hills that that really sparked my interest when it came to fashion and kind of seeing this other world that i didn't know about but was obviously real because lauren well kind of real because lauren conrad was doing it and i and i kind of also feel as though nowadays that we don't really have as many shows like the hills back then because that was about friendship and you know work and ambition and you know and also like dating and whatnot but it was so in like incredibly complex it was, so, it was yeah also, i would do it if it was about me <laughs> good it was actually a, a very female driven uh, series the hills and it had a lot of backlash because when they first came out they said the hills was just a reality tv show but what they didn't say or they finally admitted to halfway through the series is that it was a scripted tv mm. reality show and i've actually just binged the whole 20 something episodes of the hills revisited so i am in agreement with you i absolutely loved that show i thought it was awesome and that's how reality tv should have been semi-scripted semi uh pushed along the path um and yeah okay well we'll we'll make sure that we keep an eye on you for any future reality tv show i don't know maybe like big brother no No. (laughs) (laughs) i would definitely i would love to see a reality tv show about you say if you went back to milan as a model and just following you around and oh, awesome. following your journey to become a model and to walk the runway uh, or even to do print because I know you don't necessarily have to be extremely tall to do print modeling. So, Although would, she's very tall. You are very tall. At the, end, <laughs> at the end of everything that you've done in the very short life but kind of impressive life that you've lived, out of everything from modeling Milan to your journalism, public relations degree – to being on Love Island, what's been your favourite so far? I would say Milan. It honestly changed my life. I I feel as though before going um, on exchange that I was, you know, feeling just not down because I had just started to open up, but just being in that situation that I was constantly just meeting people and even though people who watch me on Love Island probably are like, oh, Cynthia's so boring and, like, she doesn't talk. But that is not me. (laughs) But, you know, because I went on exchange, I was able to travel by myself, travel in groups, um, you know, meet, like, boys, you know, eat. Like, it was just honestly, like, such a beautiful time in my life and, to have that opportunity to live overseas and study and another culture. Like I literally have, you know, so many friends, like, you know, one of my really good friends, Anna, I met her on exchange and she lives in Melbourne and my friend Lauren lives in London. And I met, you know, a couple of people who are Italian as well. I was like, honestly, such an amazing time in my life. Yeah. 
I mean, that's kind of amazing. I love the idea of going to Europe, especially when you're in your formidable. Formidable, yes. Thank you. Yep. As the English coming out. Yeah. Uh, the years in which you grow, the, the where you where you grow your friendships and your heart. Mm. So those friends that you made there are going to be the ones you're going to have the rest of, like, mm. of your life. And I can I can attest to that as well. The friends that I made at uni are still my close friends to this day. Um, the people that I well. No, the people I made, the friends I made in Japan. So I, I studied abroad in Japan. I'm still in contact with them today. And that was over 20 years ago, showing my age. Um, <laughs> now, I know, Cynthia, that you have, that your star is definitely on the rise. I know you're with the uh, Ministry of Talent and um, you seem to be booking a lot of things. So very excited for you and excited to see where your career is going to go in this next phase. Yeah, and what's next on the list for you, Cynthia? Oh, honestly, I was thinking about it this year. Um, today, I was like, what am I doing next? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I ask myself that every day. I, I really want to live overseas. I think that it, um, in recent times, it has been good with modeling. Like, I have been getting more jobs and whatnot, and obviously doing what I love. Um, but I. I really do want to try a, a more international market, maybe London or LA and see what it's like there because I still do feel like Australia is quite behind and, you know, like, yes, I'm doing jobs on a weekly sort of basis, but I want to be working like all the time, like five days a week. Yeah. Yeah. Like I get that. I want to be working You've got all the, the hunger. time. Yeah, and you, you've got the look. I mean, you are stunning. I don't know how many times I've said that today, but I just, I remember when I met you. So I met Cynthia. Well, we met doing a little workshop Commercial. for, no, no, no. Oh. We met doing a little workshop for a film that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. And NDA. Um, yes. <laughs> and then we met up again a couple of months ago working on a creative development. And I just, first of all, I was like, her accent is gorgeous. I love that. I need to like practice that. I want to like get a, get her number so I can figure out how we can do some accent exchange work. And then I just yeah, we were we're gonna stunning. do classes together, help yes. each other. She's gonna teach me American, and I'm gonna teach her Australian. That's yes. so cute. <laughs> yes. To find out more stuff about uh, to Cynthia, just check out Instagram at Taylu T A Y L U underscore M E. But you, how else do you know each other, guys? I, I didn't hear the end of that story. Uh, so it's just doing a creative development. So, Cynthia, do you have anything that you'd like to plug? Um, I would say so. I'm so bad at, like, saying this is going to happen and then it doesn't happen because <laughs> I take longer than expected. But this is going to happen. I'm working on... My blog, which I used to have back in 2016, but it was all about me, 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 me. But this time I'm opening it up and it's going to be looking at um, like different issues affecting millennials. Um, some of them are going to be serious. Some of them are going to be funny. And I'm going to have um, different artists create um, like imagery to go with it or video work and then I'm going to be doing a lot of writing for it. And then also um, I've opened it up to some of my friends to share um, their experiences on there. I feel as though that, like, obviously I love modeling. I love acting and, and whatnot. But 
a big part of me is I love just listening to people's stories. I want us to be able to have more conversations about the world that we live in and how we're feeling and just, you know, explore new ideas and learn new things. So um, that is on its way. Like it's pretty much done. It's just more, you know, getting everything together. But I'll obviously announce it on Instagram. So follow me on Insta if you want to keep in touch. (laughs) Well, you guys heard it here first. Follow Cynthia on her Instagram because that's where all the info will be. I'm looking forward to seeing that blog, definitely. I believe so. It it lines exactly with what we talk about yeah, on exactly. a fortnightly basis with Wine and Sympathy. Yes. So, <laughs> Cynthia, I feel like you've been the perfect uh, guest. Thank you so much for being part of our podcast. Podcast 12? 12. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had to double check with herself. She's yeah. like, yes, Vanessa, get it right, darling. Podcast uh, 12, Cynthia Taylor. Yes. Thank you so much for being with us, Cynthia. And no, um, thank you so much for having me. No I had a worries. great time. Yes, yes. And it was so good just to hear your journey and understand what you have experienced. Um, and I think it's important for people to know. And I think everybody, as far as from what I know, everybody loves you, <laughs> and I love you, and we both love you. So we well, do. I do now. Yeah, <laughs> I just liked you beforehand, but now I love you. That's right. We <laughs> just love you. Um, so thank you again so much for coming onto the podcast and having a chat with us. And um, I think that's going to wrap it up, guys. That is going to wrap it up. Make sure you check us out. We're on all the social handles, Instagram, Facebook, your job. And also, Cynthia is on Instagram, Taylor underscore me, and Twitter, Taylor underscore me. We'll have a few more pictures and a few links to her new stuff coming up. So please make sure that you like us on Facebook. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Wine and Sympathy. We hope you've been enjoying the episodes. And as always, you can follow us on Facebook at Wine Sympathy, on Instagram at Wine Sympathy. And if you ever want to reach out to us, please feel free to email us at info at winesympathy.page. That's info, I-N-F-O, at winesympathy.page. Thanks, guys. 